When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. It is January 11th in this year, 2022. And go Isa, it's your birthday. Hey! Podcast. <laughs> Talk about NXT 2.0 tonight. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by NYC Demon Diva Isa and Alfred Kanawa here to break down all of NXT 2.0. Isa, it has been a very festive day for you. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Looking it's, it's my birthday. Thank you. I changed. I changed because I didn't want to show up to the podcast in the same dress that I was wearing for my birthday celebration on my channel. So I changed. That's you good. Know? You got like a Sailor Moon thing going on there. It works. I, yeah. I do. I do. <laughs> I thought it was Speed Racer. Off air. I totally it is. It that, like that's what the stuff. outfit is inspired by, Alfred. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and I dressed up too. I changed. I was at the birthday stream just like Glenn was, and I changed my outfits too for the same reason. But I felt like because uh, it's evening, I would get more regal for the festive occasion. Yes. Yes. And Roman and- is here. Oh, hey, Roman. We're all here. And tonight, Maybe because it's your birthday, Isa, Tony D'Angelo got a win over Pete Dunne. Woo! Yes! It wasn't just because it's my birthday. It's because Tony is just the goat of everything. Like, hmm. Tony makes NXT 2.0. He just makes the show. Okay? That's it. But yeah. I appreciate that. Because if Tony would have lost, it would have killed my boss. Like, yeah. you guys know, I've been I've been drinking since very early. So I needed Tony D'Angelo to win. Because I didn't want anything to, like, kill my bus and tony d'angelo just made me want to drink more it was great it was great stuff love it yeah right in the middle of the ring one two three bro like one two three here comes tony yo like just give him the title just brown breaker who wait wait knock knock who's there (laughs) brown breaker brown breaker who exactly This podcast just peaked. You guys know that, right? (laughs) Two minutes and 11 seconds into the podcast. It will not get better than this. It's true. It's true. Everybody just turn off now. Go to sleep. Uh, Ron Breaker opened the show tonight. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Tony D'Angelo's win. There's so much to get to. First, we have some super chats. Brett Murphy, $5. Happy birthday, Issa. When the real Uncle Tony wins, everybody wins. The real Uncle Tony. The real Uncle Tony. The best Tony in wrestling, period. (laughs) <laughs> Titan Loose Corn Dog Show, $5. Tell Raja all Super Chat money should go to Isa on this special day. Hey. Try that out of him <laughs> with the crowbar. Uh, happy birthday, Latin princess. Eat, dance, and have birthday shots with sprinkles. I like Thank that you. as a rule. I would love that Thank as a rule you. that the Super Chats go to the birthday person if we do it on their birthday. Agreed. I agree, only because it's my birthday. <laughs> And my birthday's on a Thursday, so it's not going to matter. So, you know, whatever. I would have fought if it was on like a Wednesday or a Monday. Jody Shauna Jenkins, 
The trust is still alive in that relationship. Sharing a YouTube account, Canadian $5. Is it just me or is LA Knight across between The Rock and Mr. Kennedy? That's all I could see in here (laughs) when I watch him. That's perfect, Jody. And and the bad part is it's the worst parts of it's like he's doing an impression of The Rock or Mr. Kennedy. But I will say he's actually kind of starting to feel over. I've always been kind of a critic of his because I've always felt he was impersonating the Attitude Era, but he's starting to come into his own a little, and they gave him a big rub, as we'll talk about. And I'm starting to like him. He's starting to grow on me. I can't wait to talk about this because I just will talk about it. (laughs) That we will. That we will. Uh, Before we dive into everything tonight, I think we got some news. Holy crap, do we ever. We got a late breaking news story, a little behind the scene. This was not supposed to break until tomorrow, but of course it leaked. Uh, And it's a big story. It's MLW is suing WWE. They are filing the antitrust lawsuit against WWE uh, because they're saying that WWE is uh, conducting misconduct. Here's an actual quote from Court Bauer, MLW president. He says, WWE has been wrongfully depriving its competitors of critical opportunities for many years, but its latest conduct has been even more inconscionable. I think we speak for the rest of the pro wrestling world when we say that the anti-competitive behavior has to stop. This seems like it was triggered by WWE in uh, about October. They allegedly got in the way and nixed a Tubi deal that was going to be happening with uh, MLW. is going to be a content deal with a network called Tubi that is owned by Fox. So uh, reportedly, uh, WWE is using its influence with Fox to kill that deal. And now Court Bauer is uh, filing a lawsuit on behalf of MLW. Major League Wrestling, which is uh, citing an example with Vice TV, saying that Vince McMahon is not very happy that MLW is on Vice TV. But essentially, an antitrust lawsuit has been filed against WWE by MLW. What do you think about this, Issa? Um, if I'm WWE and I'm Fox, like if I just pay a billion dollars for WWE, I will probably take WWE's side on this, right? Like, like okay. No, like, why would I want any competitors when I just paid this much freaking money to have this program exclusively? So maybe this isn't just a WWE thing, right? Is it just me? Like, I'm just, I'm trying to think with my very intoxicated business mind right now. And I would assume that Fox and WWE wouldn't want to take MLW side because there's no way that MLW is worth billions of dollars like WWE is. At the same time, I I get their point, but it's just like, yeah, if you have influence and these people pay that much money for you, they're going to take your advice, right? I don't know, Alfred and Glenn, you guys talk about this. I can see why MLW is angry about this, but, um, you know, what they're really saying might have merit in terms of their being antitrust and that Tubi is a different entity, but it is owned by Fox. So, yeah, you're right. WWE, of course, working with Fox would at the very least say, what the hell, man? Why are you having a competitor come along? I don't think they understood the wrestling business uh, as much as WWE is in terms of how they see it. And yeah. so uh, they're just, um, WWE, that is one of the things that is said to have triggered this. But MLW is just saying that WWE in general is cooperating in antitrust behavior. Do you think that's true, uh, Glenn? Now, didn't uh, didn't they try and put the kibosh on the Vice deal also with MLW? Yes, that is part of the lawsuit. They did mention that a, an executive reached out to them on behalf of WWE was not happy with um, WWE. They said, uh, I guess, like Vince McMahon was not happy that MLW was going to be airing on Vice TV, which happened. They aired a television special last year where uh, Alexander Hamill's, Hammerstone won the MLW championship. 
uh, in a special on MLW on Vice TV. And uh, WWE's not very happy. It's what the lawsuit says. I know NXT just fired all of creative, but if I'm them next week, I have Tony D'Angelo showing up advice going, Hey, uh, nice network. You got here. Be a real shame. If something <laughs> bad happened to it, <laughs> I would he starts knocking would stuff be. over in the, like the office is like, oops, butterfingers. You know? <laughs> Kidnapping the producers, which we know he's experienced at. <laughs> oh yeah. We can see that. We can absolutely see. Well, here's what yeah. specifically was said about Vice TV. They said that um, after MLW announced that it was in talks with Vice TV uh, to air MLW programs on Vice TV, a then WWE executive warned Vice TV that WWE owner Vince McMahon was pissed that Vice TV was airing MLW programs. That's what this. Okay, but wait, was. hear me out. Is this an MLW thing or is this a dark side of the ring thing? Ooh. And they're camouflaging it using MLW because Vice TV also airs Dark Side of the Ring. So if I have any reason to go after Vice TV, especially after, you know, I mean, because of Vice TV, we do not, we no longer have the wool in the opening right. credits of mm. all WWE programming. And that is an injustice. So if I'm WWE, I'm going to like use any excuse to go after Vice. I still miss that wool, by the way. It could be like a passive aggressive thing you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I don't think WWE would ever do something like that. WWE has responded oh. to this, and they said that WWE believes these claims have no merit <laughs> and intends to vigorously defend itself against them. Listen, I've, I've been talking to Glenn a lot more lately. Yes. And I can tell <laughs> when, he's, when he's full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like what he just said right now was, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> Listen, there might be something to this. It's going to be a big story. People are going to be talking about it tomorrow and stuff like that. But pro wrestling is like the Wild West where it's not treated as a real sport. So nobody really governs pro wrestling. But there is a lot that goes on in pro wrestling that is pretty much illegal if you're going to treat it as a sporting right. league, particularly the tampering that goes on with pro wrestling is ridiculous. Like you're telling me a lot of these people are able to go to w AEW like automatically. Like Kyle O'Reilly had the storyline. You're telling me he didn't talk to AEW before his contract is up. No, like Chris Jericho will willingly tell you the story about how he got recruited, where he went to Vince's house while right. he was under contract with them. So like tampering goes on. Antitrust probably goes on with pro wrestling. It'll be a lot harder to prove with AEW here, but because nobody really governs it, they get away with it. But now that this lawsuit is being filed, who knows? You know, who knows if this will open the Pandora's box to the employment classification problem that pro wrestling has had for years? Yeah, it's very interesting. Where's Andrew Yang on this? I thought he was going to save us all. <laughs> I know. He said if he won that position, he would, and he didn't. And so now we haven't heard from him since. But so now everybody can just give up. Like, okay. Yeah, hopefully. Also, but when we refer to Kyle O'Reilly, I would like to call him Mr. Charisma moving yes. forward. Just I, I agree. That. Mr. Yeah, Christmas. me too. Mr. Charisma. Andrew, Andrew Yang, there was a little bit like you elect me student body president and we're going to get Thursdays off and cater to lunch in the cafeteria every Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and, and no such thing happened. Yeah. Yeah. What else is in the news? What else we got? Well, are you ready for an AEW hip hop mixtape? AEW is celebrating. <laughs> And it's just going to be all Tony Khan, like Kendall yeah. Roy, out there rapping about his dad. <laughs> if we turn Tony's that. Twitter into a mixtape, 
fucking take oh, my money. God. That's gotta be a take, That's gotta be a take all of my money and turn that into a mixtape. <laughs> AEW will have a mixtape coming out. Uh, Mark Henry was doing an interview with Danny Ocean, a podcaster. Go follow him. And they were talking about how they're to celebrate Black History Month, there will be an AEW oh. mixtape. And they that's are how they're celebrating. Yes, that's, that's how, how they're, they're celebrating. celebrating? It is Alfred. Very... <laughs> Listen, Alfred, how do you feel about this? How do okay? I will tell you exactly how I feel. I will tell you this. I'm I'm going to see how this. I'm intrigued. I'm going to see how this turns out. I've seen who's involved with this. My guy Mega Rand, who's a very talented rapper in the hip hop okay. wrestling communities. Josiah Williams, who we all know, who's very talented. Love him, by the guy. way. He made my like, opening song on my on my yes. Channel. Oh, he does he a great plug, job. She plug. Yes. She plug at NYC Demon Diva YouTube channel done by jo- Josiah Williams. He also has a lot of like pro wrestling themes that he'll remix. <laughs> Leo Rush is going to be part of this. Max Caster, of course. So a lot of people I love are going to be part of this. It's kind of a for us by us project. The right people are working on this project. And it's, you know, I don't want to say obviously because um, Mikey Ruckus took to Twitter to talk about this project and said it's been in works for a while or whatnot. But I think this is AEW or part of AEW's response to the perception that they don't have enough diversity, inclusion, black excellence, most day. importantly, on day. AEW. Yeah. It's not going to do anything, yeah, reaction. Do anything okay. about like the black talent that should be pushed. But my favorite thing about this is that they're going to be telling stories about AEW stars, which I've just, that's all I've been advocating for. Because yeah. it's easy to say diversity, diversity, diversity. Look at all these black people we have on our roster. Look at who we've hired. But who are they? And these songs hopefully will answer these questions in addition to hopefully getting these talents on television. But AEW Mixtape, Issa, what do you think about this? What if all the songs on the mixtapes are about the people that already have a backstory? You know what I mean? Like, what happens if the mixtape is, like, about Britt Baker and Brian and, like, Hangman Page? And, like, we don't get no stories on the people that we don't know what DMD their characters drip. are. DMD drip. <laughs> like, it's be such a troll job. Skateboard swag for, you know. <laughs> it's real Rapping, but it's all about Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, and Bobby. <laughs> that is so Vanilla Thrive in the freaking. Listen, whatever. <laughs> it's good that they're doing this. Look, I know tonight we're a little loose, and I know we give AEW a healthy dose of shit and Tony Khan for the comments he makes, but this is overall a good thing. That's what I'm good saying. Good talent involved. It's good that they're doing it, but I, I feel like I feel like they almost should have pulled a Beyonce and just dropped it. You know what I mean? It's like Perfect. because when you talk that. about something and you set it up this way, like the proof is in the pudding. When we hear it and we see it, then I think like everyone's mouth will be shut. Like at that yeah. point, we we can just enjoy it, and you know, there's no need to speculate. I can't wait to hear CM Punk's "I'm Back." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that would actually be a great idea, Glenn, the way that you put it, because instead, then it becomes this run up to, because we're a month away from Black History Month almost still. So we're going to hear for the next couple of weeks, oh, look at all this diversity we got coming your way. We're, so it does seem like a PR move, but if they would have just dropped it maybe on the first day of Black History Month, they would have, and especially if it was good. We don't know what how good it's going to be, but, um, you know, they're trying. I like the fact that they're at least responding to the idea, because there's definitely a perception out there. AEW is very well aware of the perception that they do not promote enough black talent on AEW. They do struggle with when it comes to inclusion of different the races on AEW. So they are at least responding to it, which I do appreciate. 
Tony yeah, Collins, I'm, bl- I'm brown. That's gonna be a great freaking hit single. They're sitting there, they're thinking about writing this mixtape, and they're thinking, how many words rhyme with Alfred Cuno? How can we make that rhyme? <laughs> <laughs> I can see Glenn's face like every time I open my mouth, like, what am I gonna have to edit out of this box? I'm not editing <laughs> shit tonight. I'm too tired. <laughs> no, you know what it is, is that um, I think Alfred, you've been so good at legit criticism of AEW, but at the same time, yeah. like, busting their balls, True. that I almost don't yeah. want that to stop. Is oh, that bad? Yeah. Is that <laughs> no, wrong? it's not bad at all. And, uh, listen, I will be fair. And the thing, this is the same thing I did with WWE, is that I would bust their balls when I thought that they weren't doing a good job of black excellence and inclusion. Yeah. And then when they got better at it, I complimented. I'm not here to just make fun of people or whatnot, but if yeah, AEW yeah, does am. get better at inclusion, I will compliment them. But yeah, if, if this mixtape is a train wreck and it's 16 tracks of the <laughs> Kenny Omega and Kyle O'Reilly, uh, yeah, so you'll be hearing from me about that. Okay, so here's here's my two things where where I will... I will bite my lip and and get over my urge to bust TK's balls on this. One, it has to be good. And then two, come March 1st, Tony Khan cannot say, I don't think people are giving me enough credit (laughs) for what I did. He'll name all 16 tracks. Like, look at these tracks. Look what I've done for the black community. (laughs) They should name the mixtape, look at my (laughs) African-American. I'm just kidding. Come on. (laughs) I'm just kidding. DND drift. <laughs> Super kicking it with the young bucks, the bucks of youth. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this all, actually, Issa, what you're describing sounds a lot like the rock and wrestling album. <laughs> like, oh my yeah. god! But that's such a classic. Though. Okay, now I will say, if they did put it there on a bonus track, like the AEW, like lo- or locker room doing Land of a Thousand Dances, or sampling that, I pop for that. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be pretty dumb, actually. What will MJF's like track be named? Oh, that's actually pretty. You can't name it better than you because that's too obvious. Like we have to go like deeper than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is MJF gonna get a hot sixteen on this album? Oh, one thousand percent WWE bound. It's gonna be called or some shit like that. Oh, I think know? I think they're saving it for uh, December when they do their holiday record and MJF covering dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. <laughs> oh, I need that in my life. MJF's rapper name should be Malcolm X Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Well. If we haven't been canceled already, I think tonight we got we got we got a super chat. We got a super, yeah, we got a super chat. chat. Josh, John Brodigan. There are also yes. three to four wrestling MCs whose ninety day is up on two two. That's interesting. Hey, John Brodigan is that's my guy right there. Shout out to John Brodigan. I love that guy. One of the people that I say, I always talk about, people always say, oh, just follow the people you support who just agree with everything. He agrees with some things. He doesn't agree with some other things. And he makes me think when he doesn't agree. And that, that's one of my guys. Shout out to John Brodigan. Great to see him on the chat here. Limitless. Limitless is going to be the first track on this album. Sophie Dopey, $2. <laughs> this, these $2 is for Alfred's bad dad jokes tonight. My mom is named Sophie, so I'm assuming that that's who it is. So hi, mom. No, my mom loves me. My mom loves me and my dad jokes. So there. I mean, she has to. She gave birth to you. Yeah. Do you ever question, like, do your parents really love you or are they obligated to love you? 
No, I, I don't really beef. question that. Beef, Jesus just... Christ, Deepa. I'm going to text my mom. So, mom, <laughs> do you really love me or you just feel like you're obligated to love me? What's the deal? Sophie, if all this talk about lawsuits, I'm going to sue Sophie Dophy for taking my mom's name. So there's another lawsuit. Breaking news here on the uh, wow. chat. So. Lawyer up, Sophie I'm Dophy. Gonna, I'm just going to keep drinking. I've been drinking for hours, okay. so why not? Okay. We'll do one more news story. One Mercifully, news we'll story. do one more news story. And this is going to piss a lot of people off. One more? Bruce oh, Pritchard shit. is now the head of creative Crap. in NXT. It used to be run independently. It used to be Triple H and his staff. Of course, obviously, this has been gutted with all these firings and NXT 1.0 going away. And in this new era, to confirm, all creative ideas go through Bruce Pritchard. This is a little weird because Bruce Pritchard has a lot on his plate. He raw creative director, SmackDown creative director, now NXT creative director. So on one hand, the whole product's going to be monotonous. There's not going to be a lot you know, differentiation. And then on the other hand, this guy just recently got sick and he's still working the way he's working. Uh, and that kind of concerns me. So Bruce Pritchard, head of creative NXT. Will this save NXT 2.0 Glenn? <laughs> um, it's interesting, right? I mean, I think in this case, Bruce might be smart enough to delegate a lot of the work here like it might be going <laughs> through him no because i think i think he knows right i mean look if you've got if you've got three entities that you oversee and two of them are worth you know hundreds of millions of dollars each and then one is worth like 10 million dollars or whatever you know they're getting for rights i think he's gonna have his lieutenants or maybe just restaff it with people he trusts i don't i don't think he's gonna have his hand in the script every week going segment by segment. I just don't see that. That seems like a poor use of his time. Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Glenn, the second that they came out with the rainbow color nxt 2.0 logo yeah yeah, yeah. bruce pritchard has been in charge like this hasn't been questioned you watch nxt 2.0 and it's like watching raw 2.0 so alfred with all due respect this isn't news this is just confirmation of what we already know what's going on with nxt you know what i mean like nxt you can feel the change and while i'm not all out on NXT. I think there is some things about NXT 2.0. We cover it every week that are worth watching. Tony D'Angelo. This this is this is what we knew was happening. And the firings confirmed it. So they just had to come out and say, hey, Bruce Pritchard is in, is in charge to just finally confirm Maybe. what we all knew. Yeah. What we all knew. Like, like this isn't the NXT that we knew. It hasn't been for a long time. I'm going to guess between the other creative, I'm going to guess the creative cuts they made probably save them at least a million dollars a year. Um, I mean, there's probably some justification and logic for it, but I don't know. Like, I don't think it's good. Don't get me wrong. But then again, I don't think the people right. that they let go were happy and we're going to produce, like you can't produce great work in an unhappy environment. Right. You know? Yeah. And this is true. This is true. I would rather have a cohesive vision, to be honest. I would rather have one person who just says, this is the show I want to do. And if you know what? If that was Vince McMahon, more power to him. But Vince seems to put all that energy into Monday Night Raw. That's like the one show that's top to bottom Vince. Um, but I don't know. I mean, this this could get better. But right now, this feels very in between. Tonight felt like a show where it's like, okay, so what do we do now? 
and yeah. uh, some things moved forward, but it was not their best, but it was also not their worst. Yeah, functionally, right. in terms of getting people from NXT to the main roster and letting them have a good career, it's a good idea probably to have the same people in charge of both brands, functionally, to where you can promote somebody to the main roster and they can thrive. But from a creative standpoint, it, it, it we've even seen it. Like Issa said, it's Raw 2.0, where... Now NXT just seems like an extension of what I already watch on Monday and Friday, and there's no difference between it. So it all seems. And very they monotonous. don't thrive, and they don't thrive. They go to the main roster just to get buried. So it's like, yeah. why even try to get us invested into these characters? It's been a long time since I've been invested in an NXT character. Not because I don't care about them, because I mentally cannot get invested in them. Because the first thing I think about is like when they come up, they're going to get buried, and that is where. The disconnect is it's like even when you build yeah. somebody up in NXT, they come to the main roster and then you do nothing with them. So it's very hard to be invested in these characters. And NXT 2.0 has become the king or queen, whatever, of 50-50 booking now, even yeah. worse than SmackDown and Raw. And, you know, I said this Friday sort of spitballing with Mickey James being in the Royal Rumble and them, you know, putting over impact uh, with that announcement. But I think Bruce is a step further in that direction where they say, you know what, this is a distraction from his time. What if we could outsource TV entirely, that aspect of developmental to a company like Impact, not MLW now, given this lawsuit, um, but find yeah. a company that can just run our essentially our new OVW that's got a national cable deal. You know, it's funny, you bring that up, Glenn, in terms of the lawsuit. And now that this lawsuit's come out and become public knowledge, I do fully expect them to have impact people, uh, maybe even AEW people in the Royal Rumble, if nothing else, to show aesthetically, look, how could we be an antitrust if we're having people from other companies on our TV? That's not antitrust behavior. Like, that would look good for WWE if they were able to work with companies like that. Because if you have impact wrestlers on your TV, it's a lot harder to prove that they're an antitrust and they monopolize the entire business if you're willing to work with these other businesses. Yeah, but there's no way they're going to have an active member of the AEW roster. No, no, I, I don't think Jericho might be an They had Jericho on the Stone Cold podcast. A little different, though. Yeah, but I, I do how, expect to see How is that here. different? Well, first off, I mean, the Stone Cold podcast is an afterthought on the network. Is, are, are they still even doing that anymore? Didn't he stop I mean, doing the audio version of that? He does it occasionally. It. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, and the network, the network had something to wrestle with on. They gave Conrad That's and- another thing Bruce was doing. Bruce yeah, works too hard, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's very admirable. I love people who work hard, but he does way too much. Yeah, I don't know if he has that much hustle at his age. I'm going to be yeah, 46 in a month, and I'm ready to retire, man. I can't keep up this grind I'm anymore. just saying, I think, I think the landscape might change now that there are some people in other promotions that left WWE not in bad terms. You have people like Johnny Gargano. You have people like Adam Cole. These people could have left when their contracts were up and like completely screwed WWE and they didn't do that. Yeah. So I feel like a different approach has to be taken because you have people that didn't leave in bad terms. And you have people like Jericho. If you want to do a biography special on the whatever, what what is that network? AW something? A-A-A-A. You don't want to talk Okay, thank you. Okay, that network. If you want to do a biography, I think Jericho is somebody worth of a biography show because of everything that he's done. So you have to play nice with all that. I can see WWE wanting to play nice with AEW just for, obviously, what's financially convenient for them not to open no forbidden door. WWE does something with AEW. It's purely financial. Feelings speaking, are not involved. Speaking of yeah. uh, a you think they're going to bring uh, AJ Francis back for the next season of WWE's Most Wanted? 
I hope I just watched it like the other day. Literally, I just binged it. And I thought he was great on that show. He was fantastic he was, on that yeah. show. That's why his release. I, I'm shocked. I'm shocked they released all of Hit Row, but I'm especially shocked they released him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, let me tell you something right now. Ninety percent of people in wrestling in his position, like new to wrestling, would have been so intimidated to go in there and interview Undertaker and Kane, especially the Undertaker. And the Undertaker was busting AJ's balls and all that stuff. But he was per- his chemistry is incredible with Undertaker and Kane, and that can be tells it's like he's such a great dynamic personality that he's able to just pull that off. That it was very telling. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He you know, was he's about he that. was awesome. He was awesome. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed. Hit Row debuts on the AEW mixtape. Oh man, I'd love that. AJ Francis on this mixtape. Give, give, give him a hundred bars. You give AJ Francis, you give Top Dollar a hundred bars if he gets on this mixtape. Nothing he's more. Gonna, nothing less. He's gonna collab. With the young bucks. <laughs> on a track all about sneakers. He's gonna censor it. Yeah. It's like uh how uh, Jack the Ripper, how uh what is it? Uh LL Cool J and um Jack the Ripper. Cannabis. Cannabis. Cool, cool yeah. LL Cool J and Cannabis were on the track, but then Cannabis dissed LL Cool J on its own track. That's what's gonna happen when Top Dollar comes on this AEW mixtape and go on there and just diss AEW wrestlers. Uh oh my god. <laughs> All of side two should just be like an entire like 30 minute rap about sneakers. Yeah. Yeah. Featuring Shane McMahon. Yeah. What do we I think that's the biggest chess move AEW has. Although man, see again, that's something I can see. If they if they had to deal with impact, that's the crazy thing. They do like a Shane bought impact angle or something like that. Like I could see them doing that. Yeah. They're crazy. They got nothing to lose at this point. Uh, Titan Loose Corn Dog Show. That's the name. Two dollars, and you three should have a YouTube <laughs> channel on geek and pop culture. Maybe a lot. Of fun. We should. We should. I mean, that's basically what we're turning this podcast into. Stealthily, <laughs> not so stealthily. Slowly, until <laughs> Raj catches up. Uh, hey, on a serious note, uh, a fan of ours from the UK uh, said something in, and they wish to remain anonymous, but uh, they uh, would like to give their condolences to the family and friends of the gentle, kind, and caring Peter Priest, who a UK wrestling fan who passed away on the 6th of January at age 36. He loved Alexa Bliss. He called uh, the AEW Punk Return and SummerSlam Weekend Wrestling Christmas. Always wanted to see a fing, uh, Fiend Sting feud. And he would watch the Wrestling Inc. reviews on YouTube, so he was a fan of our channel as well. There is a GoFundMe set up for his family and funeral costs. I will put that on the screen. He will be dearly missed and uh, very sad that we've lost a member of the Wrestling Inc. community. R.I.P. Wrestling Power. That's on. You know, awesome to hear that he was such a wrestling super fan and wrestling Christmas. I like that. I really do like that. I think that's oh, what it should be nice. Yeah. It's very nice. Thoughts and prayers. Absolutely. Uh, so to NXT tonight, we open with Braun Breaker. Recap of him winning the NXT title from Tommaso Ciampa at New Year's Evil in the main event last Tuesday. He's out in the ring. He's getting a chance if you deserve it. No, you don't. Uh, he thanked <laughs> Tommaso Ciampa. <laughs> And, um, yeah, it's interesting. You know, he uh, paid respects to his father, Rick Steiner. That was big. And says if there's anyone who wants to challenge him, he's always ready. So what what did you think of this? What did you think of uh, this as his big sort of crowning moment, not going immediately into a storyline? Alfred? 
I liked it. I I, th- I know we have fun here with promo and stuff like that, but being a babyface is no easy task. You have to deliver a lot of what are kind of cliche lines in without sounding corny. And I thought he was intense. I loved how he delivered his lines. I loved what he had to say. And I thought this was a very good babyface promo that made him seem more edgy and kind of more of a tough guy that he's just calling everybody out and he's going to outwork everybody and all that stuff. But I thought he did a good job with the material he was given. Yeah. Isa? I mean, I think this is the best that he's looked promo-wise and on the mic, which is good for him because now you're the champion, so you need to be able to carry a promo on your own. The problem is that the bar wasn't really that high, so it's like, oh, that's the best that Brown Breaker has looked, but compared to what? His other two promos that put us to sleep. But because he's carrying the NXT title, I like to see him have a little more swagger to himself, a little more confidence. He came off tonight. Like, he came out there, and he actually looked like the NXT champion. So I appreciated that. And once again, I thought that this was the best that he's looked on the mic-wise in a while when it comes to NXT 2.0. Yeah. Uh, We'll see what they do with him from here. But this felt like an interesting sort of moment and uh, a pause to see what happens next. We then had Santos Escobar versus Zion Quinn. Uh, big opening match. Yeah. Electra Lopez ringside. Uh, distracting. Distracting Zion Quinn. Uh, Santos Escobar picking up the win. Uh, Issa, what did you think of this match? I enjoyed this match a lot. Santos Escobar definitely needed this win. And I felt like, I don't know. I felt like there was something about Santos Escobar tonight that hit different. Like, he looked like the badass Santos Escobar that we remember from months ago not like I don't know he's been losing a lot lately okay and tonight he just looked like a winner and he came off as a winner I'm just very confused with this 50-50 weird booking or like they keep booking these matches in which both guys need to win so giving a win to someone elevates them but the other person didn't need to be not elevated right so I wish they were doing fields in which both of these guys didn't need to win I feel like both of these guys needed to win. I can see why Electra Lopez was distracting, though. I thought she looked amazing tonight, so just throwing that out there. Yeah. Yeah, this is how I knew that Bruce Pritchard was in charge, because they killed another baby face. This is a (laughs) very bad night for Zion Quinn. I did not like the fact that he just was booked to just be all distracted by Electra Lopez and then completely turn his back and get screwed over by... I thought this made him look so bad. And in terms of this is the guy who's going to be built as a potential top babyface, this is where the story is gone. I just don't think it did anything for him. But I did like the match, and it was good to see yeah. Santos Escobar get a win because part of me thought that they were going to use this match to propel Zion Quinn and maybe Electro Lopez as a pair and just make yeah. you know Santos Escobar kind of a non-factor. But it's good that he got the win. I still think Legado del Fantasma should have been called up in the draft. Yeah. I think they were ready to go to the main roster and the fact that they weren't called off and now you're trying to squeeze them into fuse that they probably, they, they, I feel like they outgrown NXT. Yeah. It is crazy. Um, I feel like this feud or this uh, match should have happened a while ago. Um, they've yeah. definitely built this up for a while though. Uh, Cameron Grimes tonight beat Damon Kemp. Big and big night for promos tonight. Like pre-shot yeah. little vignettes. You guys know who Damon Kemp is, right? Who is Damon Kemp? That's Gable Stevens' brother. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I had no clue. I know. They didn't bring it up. They, they've got this weird thing with families where it's like, 
if somebody's family could get them a little more attention on them, no, don't do that, which is so counterintuitive to wrestling. But this is Gable Stevenson's brother. They completely, is Bobby Stevenson. They completely changed his name. And, you know, he should have a feud with uh, Braun Breaker and the winner gets to acknowledge their heritage. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for a dad joke, Sophie Delphi? Say something about that. <laughs> Somebody give me Sophie Delphi's address so I can go over there and talk to her. I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I thought I was a drunk one, Alfred. What the hell? <laughs> this show is rarely on the rails, but tonight, <laughs> so far, you didn't so you far. didn't give up on this show since like two hours ago when you came on my stream. Well, you know, it's been a day. Uh, you know, you know a lot, lot going on. A lot of prep for our other podcast. A lot of things happening. Yes. Yeah, a lot of things happening, but we can't talk about our other podcast because we don't want to make anybody upset. So what match were we on? Cameron Grimes and Gable Stevenson's brother. Grimes looked like a million bucks, by the way. He did. He did. I thought Cameron Grimes was awesome tonight. I I had no idea, Alfred, until just now, until you mentioned it. I had no idea that that's who this person was. Why not? Like, isn't that the whole point of being related to somebody famous? Yeah. Like, why not just use that? I think it's so ridiculous, especially if he's Do you ready think to go. it's because he was going to lose? So it's like, why advertise him as Gable Stevenson's brother when he's about to lay down for the pin? I just think it's one of Vince McMahon's weird rules where they, they like, they're such a micromanager that they want to even micromanage where people are actually from. And uh, there, there might be heat with the Steiners on that side, especially particularly Scott Steiner. And right. with Stevenson, you know, they love Gable Stevenson. So. To just say, oh, this is his brother, this is, and you know they love that family stuff. I don't know why they wouldn't just at least acknowledge this is his brother. But hear me out. What is the brother's background? Is he as good as Gable Stevenson? Because if he's not, then I wouldn't want to. Because what if he hurts Gable Stevenson's image? Sure, make it, make right. It. And you have all of your ships on Gable Stevenson, and maybe this guy's just maybe he's good, but he's not as good. So it's like, why advertise him as that, and then he will completely just kill the credibility of his brother. Right? Uh, I mean, I'm just going to have another drink. Possibly. I mean, that, that is one way to look at it. I just, I think WDB's weird about names and stuff like that. Uh, Michael McGill kind of over it. Yeah, they are weird, though. Yeah, they are indeed. Um, Sue, so, Cameron Graham's got that win, stood tall. Joe Gacy and Harlan backstage, cutting a promo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And they like they had a qual- they're going to drag this Dusty Rhodes tag team classic out forever if we're having qualifiers. Yeah. Cuz is it right like to qualify to even get in the tournament and then we're going to have like Do you think it's going to go on as long as the TBS Women's Title Tournament? It might. Oh my god, that started yeah. in my mid 20s. <laughs> that went <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, they might be on a competition, too, who can make a tournament last longer. Yeah, this is going to be long. I was, I was very, I was actually pleasantly surprised with the result, but um, I thought Gacy and Harlan might be, like, in the finals, but clearly we're not getting that. Wait, yeah. they lost? Yeah, they lost by disqualification to Anofi and Malik Blade, who's got some, Malik Blade might have had the best dropkick in the history of NXT 2.0. Like, Two point oh. Maybe low okay, praise. I'm glad that you made that clear because I was gonna say no. I seen better drop kicks. Go back that, and it was watch good. Malik Blade's drop kick. That was a an excellent. That was Okada level. Yeah, 13, I said it. 13, 13 out of ten drop kick. Thirteen yeah, out of ten. Yeah, thirteen out of ten. Exactly. So Malik Blade and 
Idris Nofe won by DQ. Yeah. Do you think they're going to break up Harlan and Gacy? And that's why. Oh, no, I think they just had, they needed a way out. And you don't want, because if, if you're going to, the idea is you're going to push Harlan and Gacy. You don't want Harlan in there in the tournament for all these matches, probably keeping him short and like hurting the tournament. So they probably decided we're going to get him out of this tournament and then we're going to go back to telling the story about them. So. Yeah, I guess they don't just want them wrestling throughout the tournament. They so they could have given a speech before every match that competition is harmful, and aren't we yes. all winners? Oh God! See, I love that. I like that better than what they've actually done. But I think they just wanted to get him out of there, and they wanted to showcase him because he didn't lose, but they didn't want him wrestling every single other week in the tournament. I could get Harlan right. so much heat uh, with Joe Gacy. I could get Joe Gacy so much heat that like people would be lighting things on fire and throwing them in the ring if I was writing for him, and it would be. <laughs> Freaking hilarious as a parody of world yeah. culture, but they're yeah. not going that route. Yeah, no. I, I really do now want him to show up next week with a participation trophy, saying that they they still participated in the tournament, so they deserve it. I, I really do yeah, like everyone's that. a winner. Let's all go to <laughs> go to roundtable and get pizza afterwards. Yeah. Um. So so Malika and Idris though they're gonna they're gonna get a shot, which yeah, is good. good for them. Uh, good for them. Video package for Walter tonight and Imperium. Yeah, it looks like Walter is going to be like a, a character on NXT for like on a week-to-week basis because he's back here, uh, you know, and there's a lot of reasons as to he quit his day job. So I think he's going to give it a go in the States, and that's great for NXT. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big add-on for NXT. Yeah. And uh, let's see. And that's when that if that had happened, like if COVID hadn't happened and Walter had been able to do more NXT and the push when striking when the iron was hot, that would have been incredible. I will say this though, COVID might he might be the one person that COVID helped because he had that match with Dragonoff. And oh, if there was right. a full crowd, the way they chopped and beat the crap out of each other, I don't think that match is as good as it was with a full crowd. I don't think you get to appreciate how much they beat the crap out of each other. So like that might have been the best match of the pandemic, period. Of wow. any promotion. Is Dragonoff and Walter, and I think he was done well by that. Best yeah. match of the pandemic might have been. I don't. I will not say it was, but people will argue that that was okay. the best match of the pandemic. It was top you, five. You realize we're gonna there. be. It's up there. It's up there. You realize we're gonna be old men in our sixties ago. <laughs> you know, back in the COVID era, the best match of the pandemic was Walter versus Dragonoff, which wouldn't have been as good if there were crowds there. The chops, they wouldn't have gotten us into it, but they had that moment to shine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna love that. It's, it's going to be back in my day. We're going to be like boomers. Yeah, but we're going to be arguing. We're going to be talking about cinematic matches, regular yeah. matches. Get, like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a mess. <laughs> oh, my God. Issa, did you see that comment? Sorry, I have to bring this up now. On our other podcast on your YouTube channel, and yeah, I don't know. Like how, yeah, how did we not figure this out when Shauna yelled at Javi to run that it sounded like Bray Wyatt at the end? Yes, yes. Of the Wyatt family promo. How did we not make that connection? I don't know. I don't know. We failed. We failed miserably. I did see the comment, and I feel like we failed our audience that are watching both wrestling and Yellow Jackets because that is exactly what it sounds. I can't. I can't unhear it now. The run. Yes. It sounded just like Bray Wyatt's. And I Wyndham needs to direct a season two episode of Yellow Jackets. I think that's I, I miss him. the connection and crossover. I miss him a lot. In case I haven't made it clear, I miss Bray Wyatt. A lot. Carlos, uh, uh, Kirillos yeah. Zachary, 
buck 99 i think valter fits better on the main roster i'm surprised I mean, but maybe he doesn't have an interest i don't know the rough the rumble is coming up yeah that's the thing and now that he's here i'm interested to think in what events with because i think he seems like a vince mcmahon guy he's like a legitimate tough guy very convincing in terms of like a shooter and i think vince mcmahon would take a liking to walter yeah yeah but that's not necessarily a good thing yeah exactly that's the thing is would that be good for walter because it might be like like he loved keith lee he absolutely loved keith lee and that didn't work out for keith lee at all so That's Walter the might be showing if up you don't deliver when you get put on the spot, then what happens to Walter? Walter's going to show up in baggy shorts and like, <laughs> and a mask. Yeah. Did you see Killer Cross and he's grown his hair out? I have. He's been yeah, he looks job. great. Uh, he's been on the interview circuit. He's been on a Renee podcast, Renee um, podcast, Renee Paquette's podcast. And uh, he did a couple of other podcasts. He's been saying a lot of really interesting things in terms of his insight to WWE. He's on Chris Van Vliet. So yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting to see how he handled all that BS when he got called up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the crowbar on a pole match, Tony D'Angelo versus uh, Petey Pop and Speed Dunn <laughs> tonight. And this match went for a good long time with Tony D'Angelo yes, getting a much yes, needed win. Because Tony, Tony ain't no one minute man, you know? <laughs> Why did they? Okay, here's my only, here's my only gripe. When he entered, why was he signing an autograph? He should have been like tipping everybody, like palming them, you know, with the go get yourself something nice. That'd be great. <laughs> that would be great. But at the same time, Tony is over. People people love him. The autograph is worth money. So that's true. It is like know. he's giving out money, yes. Yeah. His autograph is like tipping people. You should make I will pay NFT. for Tony D'Angelo's autograph. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. That, that will be yeah. Alfred, what did you think of the match? I actually thought it was a pretty solid match. I thought it was weird because yeah. like Pete Dunn was made to be more creative with the crowbar and got to do more stuff with it. But I love that Tony D'Angelo won in the end. I actually did like this match. I was the longer it went, I thought it got better, which is kind of a nod to a good match that builds. And Tony D'Angelo, you can see that they're putting him on a path because now he's gotten this big win. Hopefully, there's a third match. Like, because I don't like this 50-50 booking. I want there to be a third match, like a blow off, that Tony D'Angelo wins and is able to get something from this feud with Pete Dunn. Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Yeah, I absolutely love the match. I love that this is, um, we have seen Tony D'Angelo being able to keep up with Pete Dunn, who's considered an OG, one of the best in NXT. But at the same time, the 50-50 booking bothers me. Why not let Tony D'Angelo go over on Pete Dunn to begin yeah. with? And that will really establish him as a serious contender in the 2.0 era. Now he just seems like somebody that can kind of go, but not really, because there's still that loss to yeah, Pete Dunn in the past. He should be undefeated. And Tony D'Angelo should be undefeated until he retires from professional wrestling. In fact, you know what they should do? They should start doing the win-loss record, and then Tony should uh, use his influence to get that loss wiped from his record. <laughs> yeah, he should. Yeah, he should. Like, I guarantee you, just like Misty, Tony knows some hacker people that can definitely oh, hack yeah. the system and make sure that that loss does not show up on his record. Because I don't, I don't know why you're talking about his loss. In my book, he's undefeated. 
There you go. It is weird. Do you feel like they're leaning away from the gimmick a little bit with Tony? I love the sign yes. in the crowd tonight. Hey, Tony, I know a guy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like, isn't that weird that you've got this gimmick that is just A plus over the top and now they're just shying away from it? They're just focusing on the wrestling because I really did feel like we didn't get as much Tony D'Angelo in terms of the gimmick. Like they could have done something with yeah. the entrance and with the, this whole thing. He didn't get like the kind of a vignette, but like, yeah, I do feel like the more he wrestles, the less they impose on you about his gimmick. Right. And the thing of it is, is that we were so strong on the gimmick on the beginning, which is what all three of us fell in love with, because all we were getting were video packages. Right now you have to showcase that the guy can actually go on the ring. But there had they have to find a happy 50 50 where we're still getting as much as the gimmick as we're getting the wrestling. But I understand why they want to show us that he can go, because for the longest time we were just getting this stereotypical um, character, but we didn't know if he could go. Now, seeing him against Pete Dunne, we know that he can go, so let's find that balance between he's still the character, Tony D'Angelo, and we know that he can go. Right. Yeah. Good match, though. Very good match. Great match, and he won, so we're happy with that. Like, yeah, it's because Cobra. it's my birthday. It's because it's because it's my birthday. I'm so jealous of you. That's the greatest birthday gift anybody can get is Tony D'Angelo winning on your birthday. That's just, I thought June 23rd yeah. was just my birthday. I thought that was the greatest day in wrestling history because that's when Kane unmasked. That's where Brock Lesnar won King of the Ring. That's when the Austin 316 uh, promo happened on my birthday. A lot of great things happened on June 23rd. First you can't take away from Tony D'Angelo winning on your birthday. First of all, do you know that Monday Night Raw was born on January 11th? So legends are born on January 11th. Monday Night Raw was the first episode aired on January 11th, 1993. So obviously, this is a very significant date. Monday Night Raw, the second best thing to happen on January 11th. <laughs> it really is. And Issa yes. was actually born the night of the first Monday Night Raw. She's exactly no, as no. old as Raw. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure I was. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Glenn. I appreciate that. I appreciate you look like that. it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about Wendy Chu, Indy Hartwell, and Persia yeah. Parada versus Amari Miller, Casey Catanzaro, and Caden Carter. It's like WWE has finally figured out that most of their audience just naps through their programming and has given <laughs> us a character that we can relate to in Wendy I Chu. I napped through this match. I don't remember it. I don't even, I don't even know who won. Team Wendy Chu won. I, I was into Wendy Chu. I was. I wanted to see what they did with there, and I think they're. It's kind of like what they're doing. It's like WWE's answer to Orange Cassidy is what they're doing with Wendy Chu. Is she's just lazy, sleepy wrestler who, you know. But there's something there. I like the Wendy. From what I saw, I like the Wendy Chu character. I think there's something there. It is interesting, but you're right. It is very, very derivative. Um, when you look at that same idea of like an orange Cassie, like someone who just doesn't care and then, you know, steps it up. And I think it works. It is a little different. Cause I mean, like orange Cassidy is not napping. Although we don't know with the sunglasses, he could be asleep half the time. We don't know. He could uh, be asleep, but the crowd pop for this into the internet pop for this. I think that it's, I like when they take big swings, but again, like we've seen like with Tony D'Angelo, once she starts wrestling in real matches, this gimmick will never be referenced again. Right. Yeah. I really think they should just, because the gimmick is everything with Wendy Chu. And, and I don't think they went far enough because they did that opening spot where she was stretching and kind of avoided. Yeah. And then from then on, she just went crazy and didn't really acknowledge. 
But I think they should do more with her sleeping and being able to do spots. So they should think of things that you can do when you're sleeping. And and I think this could take off. Like, what ironically. can you do when you're sleeping, Alfred? Yeah, you can sleep please, walk. please you can sleep. enlighten me. You could talk in your sleep. You could do all kinds of things. I will say this. Let me just give a quick shout out to what I think is the best pro wrestling Twitter account out there, other than your guys. Is, is a Public Enemies podcast said this, and I thought it was one of the funniest tweets. They I said love that them. Love when they, them. When they interview Wendy Chu and ask her why she's been sleeping, she should say, it's because I'm tired of all you hoes. <laughs> <laughs> I respect that. I respect shout out to that. the Public Enemies podcast. Those are my They're guys. awesome. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But wait, when did you listen? It's intriguing. I, I think it's intriguing. You guys don't like it? What do you? What are your first impressions, Issa, of Wendy Chu? I, I, <laughs> I, it's just not for me. It's just not for me. I function on very little sleep. I don't I, sleep is overrated. You know, we'll be able to sleep for a long time after we die. So that's the way that I see it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's got to go a little Glenn, higher. Glenn, what do you think about a, a sleepy gimmick? Um, let's see. I think that it could be really clever. But, you know, she didn't even get the pin, though, tonight. And when she did her attempted yeah. pin, she did the little sleep, which I thought was, was a very clever uh, p- finish move. And they didn't, um, they didn't let her get the win, which was interesting. You know what I think might happen is... Royal Rumble comes around. She shows up. She goes to sleep before the Royal Rumble. She wakes up right before it's over and she wins. No, stop. You're stop, a 2022 bye. Royal Rumble winner. Bye, Alfred. You, like on Friday, you, so you're suggesting that Johnny Knoxville wins the man's Royal Rumble and, and Wendy, Wendy Chu wins. Alfred, stop. Stop. 100%. I'm going to text Raj right now and be like, listen. <laughs> Add to all the other requests to get me fired. I, I question, I question our friends. <laughs> Stella Justin Lopez, four ninety nine. Like sure it was cute and borderline adorable, borderline. But come on, what legs could this gimmick possibly have? I mean, none. No, I think it does have legs. You guys are crazy. I think they could do stuff with this as long as they got to get more Alfred, creative with what you Alfred, can do. Enlighten me. What can they do with this? They should do a thing where she sleep and she's sleepwalking the whole time. That when she, whenever she's quote unquote sleepwalking, like Tanisha or Taisha, uh, uh, she actually ends up going crazy and does very well when she's sleepwalking. But when she wakes up, she's completely harmless. She doesn't get it. And that's the thing is that when she's asleep and she's in a trance, she's able to just go crazy. Okay. I like that. I like that you're watching too much Yellow Jackets. Yeah, but I like, I like the you're going in with this. I don't know if you're aware of this, but. Taisa is my favorite, so I'm offended really, yeah. that you compare <laughs> Wendy Chu to dirt eating, puppy killing, wild future, future state senator Taisa. Okay, so Wendy Chu could have killed uh, uh, Taya Valkyrie's dog. She could kill Frankie. Hey, hey, hey! hey. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's potential for this gimmick. They just have to. Uh, they just have to, um, like, it's kind of, heel. if she freaking kills a dog, she's a heel. Hey, Frankie has not been released because Taya got released, right? Frankie Monet got released, but the dog did not get released, right? So they can still do something with the dog. <laughs> Imagine if they make him come to NXT just to bring the dog because the dog <laughs> is not released. You know how petty they, they call uh, Frankie Monet or Taya Valkyrie and they go, hey, how's it going? We need you to come back. We just want the dog. <laughs> the fact that my dog just woke up as we mentioned dogs. 
my dog has been wanting to fight Frankie Monet's dog for the longest time. I say book it for WrestleMania. Just saying. I love to see that. Yeah, Roman will kick that little dog's ass. I don't yeah. know. I think there's something to this. I, I like, I'm intrigued. Listen, NXT 2.0 is not the greatest show in the world. We have a lot of fun with it, and I think it does have potential, but it's not the greatest show in the world. Can we agree with that? That NXT 2.0 is not the greatest show in the world. This Wendy Shoe character is one of the things that I get up for. I'm telling you, I, there's something to it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think they just need to commit fully with it. You yeah. know, the same way like with Tony D'Angelo, like just let's go over the top. I agree because I don't think they I think I don't think they did enough with her because like her going doing this comeback that she did would have been so much more effective if you think she's just this lazy sleeper and she continues to wrestle like that. But like to immediately do that, it's like, all right, you've already given away the bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it could be good. They just need the right storylines for this. And uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, but <laughs> And to get the big debut, she should have gotten the pin. I'm sorry. That's yeah, like, I agree. That's weird. Um, I liked, okay, MSK's promo, whatever this, I mean, compared to what they were just doing with the road trip, like this was very dull. But I like Dakota Kai interrupting and saying something about nothing divides a friendship like success. <laughs> like, I almost want Dakota Kai to be like, like, uh, Miss Life Lessons that just yeah. goes around and gives people like really like nihilistic, sort of like bleak advice. I think that's a gimmick and a half. I agree. I think she was really good in that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, so Boa versus Solo Sokoa, which ended in a double count out and uh, went into backstage. So when they start, like, they show his name on the lower third, Boa, do they put the paragraph and the S there? Because there's more than one now. Oh. You're supposed to believe that there's, like, multiple personalities here. Yeah. Issa, you're on mute. She knows she's on mute. Issa, you're on mute. Right? Yeah, she's on mute. Yeah. Uh, Issa, can you unmute yourself? I can unmute her. Nope. Issa's unmutable. She'll be back. Oh, because she chose to mute herself. Oh, she wanted to mute herself. Yes. I am on mute because my dog will not stop barking. So I don't want the podcast to have dog barking in the background. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, So where are we at? Oh, uh, yeah. Solo and Boa. They had that backstage brawl. It's kind of wacky. And then like the implication was that Boa and the mat and the face paint Boa are two different people. Gonna be tough that. to keep pulling that off. I know. <laughs> Maybe there'll be stunt boa. You know, yeah, <laughs> it should build to. I was gonna say it should build to a two-on-one match where you got one guy who kind of looks like Boa and he's in the face paint and Boa, and then they. <laughs> I'm telling you, Bruce Pritchard is in charge now. Don't think that can't happen. Yeah. Uh. So, oh, Issa has forsaken us. She'll be back. Yes. Man, uh, do you think it's hurting Solo to keep having these more competitive matches? I mean, obviously, I can go. Yeah. But I, I felt like he was just on the fast track. You know? Yeah, it's it's really simple. And I felt because it's weird because Raw last night, I was thinking the same thing about Omas, is that he was in the squash match 
where he just absolutely killed. I think the guy's name was Nick Sanders. And it's like, I should have been seeing this for at least six months before Omos has a feud with AJ Styles. And the mm. fact that he's just doing these squash matches now, it's like, wow, they really should have been doing this. And I feel the same way about Solo Sokoa is that he's, he should have been just killing guys for months before he gets into a competitive feud like this. Yeah. You said you need me to. Oh, he said disappeared again. There we go. Uh, okay. So, Carmelo Hayes. So tonight, this was all North American. I, did he say the word cruiserweight tonight in this program? I don't think he did. I think he just talked about the North American title. Unified North American title. Yeah, unified. Yes, that's what it was. Um, They poured out a little liquor for Roderick Strong. I love this. I love this whole segment. I love Trick Williams. Trick Williams is like, he's, he's like the least scripted guy in WWE. And that I just think that they just give him a microphone and it just seems like maybe it's his delivery or whatever. It just seems like he's given license to say whatever he wants. And I thought he was so funny with that big booty thing where he was saying like, come on, come on, man, a man has his knees or whatever he had to say. And then Carmelo Hayes even got to talk about his ops, which I don't think Bruce Pritchard wrote that line. I, I just thought the segment was great. I loved it. Um, did you guys cover the fact that they just call it the North American title and just not yes. refer to the Cruiserweight yes. title at all? Yes. So it's completely like vanished, like we're just done with it and we're going to pretend it never happened? Yeah. Cruiserweight title, the Steiner legacy, and the Stevenson legacy. So we're just going to completely, we're going to ghost the Cruiserweight title. Yep. Like we're never texting it back ever again. Never again. That's right. Five Live is going to be called something else within a couple of months. I'm telling you. It's got like, and they've been having. It bothered me. It bothered me. I'm sorry. The fact that he came out with one belt and they acted like that unification never happened. I didn't like that. I like Camille Hayes. I I, I love everything about this segment, but ignoring the two belts and all that, then you might as well let Joe Gacy win and just do something else with it. Yeah, I agree. They're debuting uh, women on 205 Live now. I mean, not only having women's matches, but having, like, new female talent. I guess Tiffany Stratton um, debuted on their first. Um, they've been doing a lot with 205 Live to really change it up. In fact, uh, oh, who was it that made the debut? I saw some clips. Nikita Lyons. Yeah. Who, uh, that video of her with, like, using nunchucks and stuff, like, she looks badass. Can we have five seconds of silence for the people that changed the ropes on Monday Night Raw and put purple duct tape on the ropes for the cruiserweight division? Okay, thank you. It's tough, man. It's, it is. Hey, I'm cool with 205 Live being like a breeding because these talents, like given how new they are, they need all the training they can get, especially on TV. So not, not to be mean at 205 Live, but not a lot of people watch it, but it is still technically like television. It's still on a broadcast. So to work something like that is going to be good for this NXT talent. It just won't get people to watch. 205 Live probably gets more viewers each week than Impact does. Or I would think it does. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if it's on Peacock, for sure. For sure. Granted, it's not a lot. I think, like, yeah, it's not a lot. It's not saying much. Yeah, but like, yeah. Um. So, AJ Styles. So what? Or, wait, oh, wait, wait. What do we yeah. call two or five live? Because we can't call it dark because that's kind of already taken. So we have to find like a name for it. Darker. Gloomy, foggy, dull, <laughs> darken, shadowy. <laughs> 
shadowing. <laughs> um, Let's talk about AJ Styles. You said tomorrow, tomorrow I'll recap everything you said on the podcast for you. They should call it MLW just to mess with MLW. Just go like, no, Alfred, you savage. So, uh, yeah, AJ Styles versus Grayson Waller. Now, you would think AJ's coming to NXT. Grayson's got this big opportunity. There's been this crossover. They're going to have a match. And uh, Grayson's should go over in some way, shape, or form or somehow look strong. No, AJ won pretty pretty clean. Good. As this. he should. He yeah, is, I know. I don't like Grayson Waller. I don't know if you know this, Glenn, but AJ Styles is phenomenal. <laughs> I believe I've heard that. I thought yeah. it was his hair they're talking about, though. Oh, his hair <laughs> is magical. Like, it's made out of unicorns and flowers and rainbows and money and gasoline and nfts like all the things that are worth money that's what aj styles hair is made out of <laughs> every single week i put out a tweet about what i think aj styles hair is made out of I I think yeah but you know he denied me his hair like i i asked him once on wwe backstage i said hey aj can you please give us hair tips and he said he couldn't and that broke my heart <laughs> you need that's to go to, to a meet and greet and just say aj can i just touch your hair I want to smell it. I bet you it smells so freaking magical. Like, I'm going to be that creep that just walks up to him and be like, that, that's going to be the picture. You know, because, you know, they rush you on those meet and greet. So, like, you just have to stand next to them and they take the picture. My picture is going to be me sniffing his hair and he looking at me like, what's wrong? Just holding it like a kitten. Yes, can we talk about WrestleMania 33? How the wind blew at the time that he was in the ring and he just yeah. blew his hair, and it was the most magical moment in wrestling history because I was there. The wind did not blow any other time that night, only for AJ Styles. Like he has, he's like, get out against of the way, Chris Jericho, person. right? Yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 it was Shane McMahon, which was a I'm hell Shane of a McMahon. match, oh, by the way. Okay, yeah, I yeah. actually thought Shane that they yeah. put on a really good match. So, listen, I miss Shane McMahon, by the way. Where is he? Too. Is he okay? Is he alive? He's got an AEW mixtape. I'm telling you, we, we already decided that. <laughs> Shane McMahon, that's going to be a big reveal. Is Shane McMahon okay? <laughs> Shane McMahon's going to celebrate Black History Month. That's how they're going to do it. I, I miss him. I miss Raw Underground. I applied to be one of the dancing girls, but they got rid of it before they looked. Really? Why do you, yeah? you can't just roll that out? Like, we're not going to talk about that. You applied to be a dancing girl on Raw Underground? Let's hear this. I did. I did. I wanted to be one of the dancing girls. I at Shane McMahon and everything, but then they got rid of Raw Underground. So I wish I knew you by then. I would have just, my timeline have been like, let Asa in. Let Asa cook. <laughs> now I'm still looking for work, but, you know. <clears throat> Times are rough. <laughs> I don't know. Glenn is like, I've lost all control of this show. <laughs> I'm glad I heard that story. Glenn, Glenn, reel us back in, please. <laughs> this was a good match. Uh, Grayson Waller, I don't know that he goes over. 
or gets much out of this. I mean, he could say, actually, you know, speaking of Shane McMahon, like uh, my band opened for Run DMC once and all we got out of it is we could say we opened for Run DMC. Yeah, like, right. That's all Grayson got out of this is he could say he fought AJ. Oh, uh, he was on Raw. He was on Raw. He showed up on Raw twice. What is with all these scoops that like you guys are delivering this so casually? Like, oh yeah, by the way, my band opened for Run DMC. Like that is a big deal. Yeah, but in 1997, not during like the height of my Adidas or still, Runhouse. yeah, still that's even better. Like if I opened a Jay's for Jay Z today, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> we did a uh, TV show on USA, and Dr. Dre and Eminem played before us. What? What? They do forgot about you. Dre. Were breathing they, the uh, same air Dre, yeah. as Marshall Mathers? I was. Yes. Did you know that <laughs> I learned how to curse in English because of Eminem? That's very That's interesting. Awesome. I love that. I listened to his music. I translated it, and that is how I learned how to curse in English. Her first wow. curse word was "f you, mom." Yes. Yes. Everyone hates his mom. Uh, I mean, there they made up. Which, if you've seen that video, like that's it's nice. Lame. It's nice that they made up. Lame. I wanted that to be like the Rock and Austin, you know, yeah, Eminem like, and his mom. LL and Cannabis like perform together. Like people squash beefs eventually. Yeah. Uh-uh, uh-uh, not me. No. I hold a grudge forever. And when I die, I will hunt you. Oh my God. Don't, if you, don't make me mad. Don't make me mad. If you want to see something so uplifting uh, that just makes me smile to take a sad moment and remember something great. Kangol Kid from a UTFO passed away over the holidays. And there's a video out there of him doing his verse from Roxanne, Roxanne. Followed by Roxanne Shante doing the response rap from Roxanne's Revenge, yeah. then performing that live like 10 years ago. So everybody squashes beefs eventually. That's amazing. That's good. Not me. Yeah, you don't not hold me. on to stuff like not that. Not me. I'm not soft. I'm not soft. <laughs> Issa's still got the enemies list going back to Hell grade yeah. school. Issa's yeah. still got her Hell ops. Yeah. Issa's still got Hell her yeah. ops. Hell yeah. Somebody in the chat is asking what I'm drinking, and I just want to let everybody know that tonight I have drank this entire bottle of sangria and oh, this shit. entire bottle of Don Q rum. Oh, so I was drinking sangria too. That's why my tongue's a little red. That's sangria. Yeah. Right sangria on my Listen, tongue. When I was in high school, my favorite drink was um, Blue Caraco Sour. So when I would sneak out to go like party, my mom would make me stick my tongue out when I got home because if it was blue, then I would be grounded forever. <laughs> Very smart. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I have sangria on my tongue. Sangria is the name of a stripper. Hey, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, Glenn. It's a Tuesday. Listen, AJ Styles was great on NXT tonight. Okay, yes, his and- hair looked great, and he he won. He won. And he put NXT over. But then at no, the end, didn't. no, he didn't. Well. He said some nice things about NXT. Yeah, but then he, he didn't he didn't do the job, so he didn't put them over. He well, did the, the job. Thing. I liked what I saw out of Grayson Waller. I will say that. Really? I, I, we even talked about it last week. Huh? I was not impressed by him. I'm not particularly... Nobody's impressed by, by Grayson Waller. Nobody. I thought he rose to this occasion. This is the best I've ever seen him look from top to bottom, whether it's wrestling, Alfred, how much sangria have you had? No, because I've I'm been drinking you. since 10 p.m. last night, and I still was not impressed. <laughs> I absolutely loved Grayson Waller tonight. I thought Grayson Waller was at his best tonight when he had to be. Please do me a favor. When you sober up, go back and watch. 
I'll go back and watch it, but I'm telling you, you guys, uh, Grace and Laura. Your tongue cannot have any sangria in it before you watch. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna have sangria before every Grace and Laura match, and he's gonna become like Glenn. my new Look host. Look at Glenn. Glenn is wrestler. texting Raj as we speak. Like I no, can't I do this anymore. He's like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I'm not engaging. I mean, you know, do what you gotta do, man. Uh, <laughs> good lord. AJ was so, great. He looked great. Yes. East is still going to be recapping this podcast in the emergency room at four in the morning when she's getting her stomach pump. <laughs> She'll be like, AJ's hair. AJ's hair is incredible. AJ's hair. Listen, if I if something happens to me and I'm going to heaven, I would assume that instead of seeing the light, I see AJ Styles' hair and I just walk towards it to sniff it and that's how I make it. <laughs> Jesus Christ was not a white man, but if Jesus Christ were white, he would look like AJ Styles. <laughs> he will have he will have that hair at least. AJ Styles has beautiful hair. Beautiful hair. It is good hair. It's very good hair. And he can grow it in his 40s. Remember when he had the soccer mom hair though? Like when he debuted and he had that weird like growing. Yeah. The short Hair one is the worst thing. one. Yeah, yeah. It was so freaking weird. <laughs> so AJ's there tonight. He beats Grayson Waller. He, yes, he does. Like, puts Grayson over a smidge after the match. No, he does. Like, well, he's like, oh, you got that ass whooping, you yada, yada, yada. But now I want to introduce my friend, and LA Knight comes out. So that's why. Gonna rub to. Why? Uh, when, when did we establish that they're friends? In well, they were, Yeah, and it's impact. Okay, so we're doing the whole AW thing where you gotta follow yeah. different promotions to like keep up with because the storyline. They're gonna outsource NXT to Impact to get that tape library, and it's all gonna happen. It's all gonna come together. You I've worked myself into a like shoot this. on this. I didn't, like this. I didn't think uh, it made no sense. It made no sense. Like when he said, "I'm gonna introduce you to my friend," I thought, I don't know, Chris Jericho. Like who Dallas else has Anderson. AJ? Yeah, like that's Y2, true. I, I, I did think the, the club might. What was the name of their up. thing? Y2AJ. Remember, they had yeah. t-shirts for a whole week. Yeah, yeah. They had t-shirts for a week. So, you know, there's other people that I assume that he is closer with than LA Knight. This was weird. Yes. So I've now worked myself into a shoot, much like I think Adam, Adam is still Javi. I do think uh, uh, WWE works out a deal with Impact for NXT. I agree. Adam thought hobby too. I talked about that on, on the stream. I, I agree with you, Glenn. You convinced me. Yeah. Uh, or maybe no. he's not Javi, but that back tattoo means something. There's he's no way that back tattoo he's a fanboy. He's he, a fanboy. He, he got Misty socks after they went hiking and hooked up. You know what it is? It's a knife. It's remember when she gave him when they were kids, she gave him yes, a knife. Yes, I know in the carving, and he had carvings in his And apartment. that knife is one that spoiler alert that she murdered him with. That's Wait, not his apartment. That's an Airbnb. I think it's the same knife. She's going to find the reveal is going to be, she's going to look at the knife. They're going to flash back to when she gave him the knife. She's going to go, Oh my God. Spoiler alert. I killed Javi with this knife. Oh my God. I mean, a lot of references to knives in episode nine. So I'm convinced. Sure. I was just thinking about what yeah. I was saying. I'm convinced now. I watched episode nine twice. Our live reaction, Alfred, was just an hour of us going like, holy shit, what did we just watch? Yeah. <laughs> I can't blame you. I wish I would have played that. I wasn't able to. It was Alfred. It was so crazy that Glenn, like, we had somebody in the chat, like, like really commenting some good theories. And Glenn was like, all right, I'm going to send you the link. Come join us. And I'm like, Glenn, Glenn, 
What are you doing? <laughs> it, 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 which ended up being great. Like she, she was, was great. awesome. She was awesome. But I made a layout for two people and he ruined, he killed my layout. I spent time <laughs> making this overlay because I wanted the podcast to look so professional. And Glenn was just like, come on over. <laughs> and you're like, Glenn, I only made enough food for two people. This is going to throw dinner completely off. <laughs> you need to give me a day's notice next time. Yes. But no, I'm yeah. So glad there's good yellow jackets, yellow jackets, bus. Please leave us a five star review on Apple's yes. podcast. But tomorrow we got a guest, so you got a layout for tomorrow for. Our... Yeah, unless you decide, I'm not. We're not doing that one live, so you can't oh, invite true. anybody. Okay. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so this NXT tonight. I mean, look, AJ Styles was on NXT. That's cool. Tony D'Angelo beat Pete Dunne. That's cool. It was a little weird that we kept seeing for vignettes for talent that we already know, like Imperium, Cameron Grimes, Mandy Rose cut a promo tonight. Like, I would like to see, I, I want to see the, uh, and like, because wrestling is great when there's always a sense of newness. I know we got uh, Wendy Tuesday debut tonight, but I would have liked to have seen um, a little bit more of teasing of what's coming up in NXT. Yeah. Because you got to keep it fresh. And that's the thing, man. Braun Breaker, to me, is already old news. You know, I, you heard, I heard from the streets that Alfred <laughs> that Alfred missed Von Wagner tonight. That I missed him? Like, I wanted him to be on the show? Yeah, yeah. That you were looking forward to seeing him and he wasn't there. I was distraught that there was no Von Yeah, Wagner. it bothered you. Yeah, it was one of the a big agree. It was egregious. It was egregious that Von Wagner was not on NXT. Erroneous, erroneous on both counts. Is there? I don't think there was enough. I think he would have had too much charisma for tonight's episode. I think because they had they have Tony Dion, you have Camarillo and Trick Von Wagner. It was just I don't think they could fit that much charisma. Yeah, too much, too much, too much. Agreed. Von Wagner's gonna like log into this chat one day and be like, <laughs> "Excuse me." <laughs> I feel so bad when we are critical of a talent or dismissive of a talent and then they get cut. Like, I feel like. Yeah, me too. Yeah, this is true. This is true. I was thinking about that when I was on with Nick Hausman when this started breaking. I was like, well, I used to criticize that guy all the time. And now I kind of feel bad about it. Could you imagine, though, like you have a run in, like, <laughs> down the line? And it's like, oh, yeah, I used to be in WWE. Oh, yeah, um, you used to shit on me every week on your podcast. So <laughs> I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but I used to post. Um, reaction videos on my Twitter of, of me falling asleep every time that Drew McIntyre cut a promo. <laughs> so oh. when um, <laughs> when he came to Puerto Rico and my mom like fangirl over him, he took a picture with my mom and then my mom was like telling him in Spanish, oh, I'm rooting for you tonight. So I'm translating. So I'm like, hey, Drew, my mom is saying that she's going to root for you tonight. And Drew McIntyre said back to me, he's like, I bet you're not. And I'm like, shit, shit. He's seen, <laughs> he's seen the video. <laughs> I'm surprised, I was like, he's seen the videos. <laughs> I'm surprised you weren't pro pulling yeah. like a Corey Feldman and Goonies and being like, she's saying that she hates you. 3MB was really the peak of your career. And it's all been I downhill couldn't. since like, there. Like my mom, Glenn, my mom looked like the hard eye emoji when she saw Drew McIntyre. There was no way I could have sold that she hated him because she was all like, and I'm like, okay. But when he said, he's like, yeah, I know your mom's rooting for me, but you're not. And I'm like, okay. So Drew McIntyre seen me. Uh, fall asleep to his promo. This is oh, great. Jesus. We we made up. We made great friends after. We even took a picture together and everything. That's good. That's good. He has a great sense of humor. This Drew McIntyre guy. That's why 
90% of the time I blame creative and the people scripting the promos. Of I don't blame the performer, even great. I'm sure Grayson Waller. We, I mean, he's talented. He can go in the ring, but they've, they've not given Grayson Waller a character. Yeah. But they well, let him be the guy that took out Johnny Gargano yes. and, and he just faced AJ Styles. It's the promos aspect of it that he just, he looks so lame. Imagine how much better that would have been if he was, you know, in the mafia or ran a poker room or like an unaccredited <laughs> university. Chase you forever. Or was narcoleptic. I, you know? I have a degree. I have a I degree like from Chase you. Between WWE and AEW, I feel like WWE needs less structure where they give the talent more creative freedom, and AEW needs a little more structure where they actually script things out a little more for people who might need uh, the assistance or who could actually help with writers. Because, like, writers aren't a bad thing, but if there's too much of it, like WWE, then you get this, like, structured thing. And if there's too little of it, then you get this unstructured thing with AEW. And I think yeah. it needs to be a happy medium. And you need multiple writers and collaborations with the talent. Do you think Lauren Michaels writes every sketch on SNL? Not at all. Yeah. I don't think he's even seen an episode of Saturday Night Live in years. <laughs> Get that check. Good point. Good point. <laughs> I don't know. It's got to be happy medium, though. You're right. Uh, yeah. Excited about this AEW mixtape. Do you think uh, Tony Khan is ghostwriting all the rhymes? Yeah. Tony Khan will be the A&R on this. It'll just he's going to edit every single track. Track one, I love Adam Cole. Track two, I love Bobby Fish. AEW uh, mix it. Hey, the, the bar that they have to set is WWE aggression, which I continue to love. WWE aggression was hip hop remixes to everybody's themes, and some of them actually slapped. Snoop Dogg did uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's, I think, and uh, it was a, and that's the bar that AEW has to set. That's what they have to clear. WWE aggression. There you go. Um, why hasn't, and I'm asking this because I don't have time to do this. I'm busy hosting multiple podcasts and running a business. Why hasn't some indie record label gotten like some punk bands and some current hip hop groups to do a covers album of wrestling themes? They should. I'd love that. I think this all the time. Me too. Me too. You know, have like Paramore doing Becky Lynch's theme. Yeah. Have less than Jake doing Sami Zayn's old entrance music. You know, three eleven do who three eleven? Oh, yeah. Maybe they could do AJ Styles, maybe. <laughs> but like, really, like a bad reggae version of it. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Did you ever read that quote? It was from when Beastie Boys story came out. Like Mike D was a little letting it loose in the press where he said, like, I'm sure 311's really nice people, but nothing bums me out more than when people compare them to us. <laughs> I, I think I saw that. I think so, I saw something like that. Yeah. Me too. I like, saw that. I can't remember where, but I saw it. It's true. The Be Beastie Boys are probably responsible for more bad music, for influencing more bad music than yeah. any other band. And I love I the Beastie Boys. They don't like being compared to people because I've seen a couple of stories like that with the Beast. Somebody says, "Oh, it's like the Beastie Boys," and they'll just like, "No." Like I think early on Eminem, they tried to compare Eminem to the Beastie Boys, and they didn't like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very interesting. Beastie Boys story though. Uh, I don't know if you watched that on Apple TV yet. The, they filmed the live show they did, reading from their book. That was so good. Yeah, that's awesome. And th their book was incredible. The audio book, Ad Rock and Mike D read the whole thing, and then they have guest people reading other chapters. Highly recommend that if you're a Beastie Boys fan. Oh, so we should probably wrap it up. Issa, you got some more <laughs> birthday to celebrate. I'm done. I'm going to sleep. Oh, there you 
<laughs> There's a curfew in Puerto Rico after midnight, so you can go out. Apparently, COVID is contagious between midnight and 6 a.m., so nobody can go out during those hours. Depends on that's how they That's how they want to battle COVID. There you go. So on that note, she's at NYC Demon Diva. That's Diva with the one. He's at This Is Nasty. I'm Acklin Rubenstein. We'll be back here Friday for the next edition of the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Tomorrow night, AEW. Everybody uh, have a good one. We'll catch you back here next time. Take care. Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.